New on CuriosityStream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. games you playing this morning there Daryl? Hey. thing on is this thing on what what is happening testing testing can you hear me can you hear me pk i can hear you mouthing <laughs> the words damn my noisy lips you are a rascal look at you all dressed up for work again on a sunday no church I got a baptism actually. Then I got work afterwards. No way! I was yeah. baptized once. Nice. Heard <laughs> that water was never used again. <laughs> I had the Jewish baptism. Those are fun. They're like they're like that. That water cannot be touching the skin of another baby. <laughs> Brainstorm. 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 Look at that. Two brains come together, and we may have figured something out. But anyways, let's try and figure out the Toronto real estate market while we have some time to speak just you and I, because I feel like that never happens anymore. And I miss my friend TK on a one-to-one level. You set, a, you set us on a wild goose chase there last yesterday. Down the VR world. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. How did you come, enjoy I want to know how come all those times that you and I were talking about the VR room for your new place, how come you never, you never said once like, Hey TK, you should get a VR. I always thought I, I just remember, wasn't in the club. I remember uh, you being one of very few people that were able to try out my VR demonstration. Yeah. The freaking 300 pound setup from Russia that was built during the cold war. Hey, look, you start a spark. However, you can start a spark, <laughs> right? This is what yeah. we had at the time. This yeah. is only two years ago. We when, went from two, like two years ago. Probably. Uh, maybe a little more. Probably. Yeah. Just 2019. I'd say, yeah, you're right. Two years. I got rid of that. I got rid of that space right before the pandemic. Hit. Yeah. So yeah. But at the time it was like this, it was like, look, if you spend like a few grand on this equipment, go and rent a warehouse, then you can have this amazing VR experience. Then it's like the coolest thing ever. Well, do you think this? Okay, so this is like, this is, this is akin to the real estate market here in Toronto. If I knew that two years down the road, all I would need to spend is $1,000 to be able to have the same experience that I just spent 50 grand for, what would I have done? But there are no crystal balls in VR or in real estate. And that's why we are going to dig deep into the past of the city, hopefully. Today? I, maybe not. Maybe we're getting stood up today. No, he's in the waiting room. I'm just about to let oh. him in. Oh, well, then so let's do it. Without further ado, we have the infamous, you may have heard of him. You may not have heard of him. But and now you'll know who he is. Fascinating. Mr. B. Go let him in. I don't think I timed that very well. That's okay. I'll put some music Now you got to know. Yeah, now you got to know. And we can a have bit, a, little bit of a delay. A lot of a delay. There he is. We can see you. Hello. There, and now hey, we can hey, hear Matt. you. Perfect. Welcome. Thanks, uh, th thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Yeah. We made it with extra hour of sleep this morning, huh? Um, I was happy about that when I realized at like 8 p.m. last night that that's what was going on. I woke up and it was light out and I was like, where am I? This is so strange. 
Uh, daylight, I hate daylight savings. Uh, they say there's saving, an increased amount of, saving. Yeah, they say there's an increased amount of car accidents during daylight savings. Really? Not sure what leads to that. Yeah. Well, I wonder what else like, goes on during daylight savings? But it's like taking the entire nation and and giving them a hangover for a day. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I spring. Yeah, it's worse in the spring. I think. Yeah. When you, I think it's just a difference. Do you notice a difference, really? Though, like feeling. Don't you just wake up at the same time, like for your body, and then you go to bed when you're tired? Pretty much. Pretty I don't much. notice a difference, but maybe there is some research on that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, funny, so Matt, what, what I, we're, we're already live into the show. So we started it all. So oh. we're good to go. Okay. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're pretty laid back around here. Um, I saw your video on us versus Canada. That's what kind of brought me to your channel. You're like a, a seasoned veteran YouTuber, you know, you've been doing this <laughs> a long time. I think maybe I would classify you like, I don't know, historian, general interest. Like what, what, what is your category that you put yourself in? Cause you seem to have a really vast knowledge on the history of, and I was telling Daryl, you know more about the history of Toronto than we do. So <laughs> <laughs> what, I watched what this is, video is about Toronto this morning and I was like, I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I mean, I, I researched all that stuff before I made the video. It's not like I knew it beforehand, but I do have lots of Canadian friends and, um, I'm always making Canadian related videos. So um, I teach social studies to, uh, you know, high schoolers. Um, actually, I I did for the last 12 years. I should say I just recently quit doing that. And I'm doing the videos now full time. Oh, good. Oh, for you. I love it. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. So it's been a <laughs> weird adjustment here uh, this, this year. But I. Yeah, I still teach social studies on YouTube. That's basic because like my specialty is American history, especially political history. Yeah. But I branch out, you know, like I, I'll randomly make a video about Japan or like I have a video coming up uh, comparing uh, Belgium and the Netherlands. So I'm excited about that one because I have a couple friends that are from those countries and they're going to help me. So that's usually what I do, by the way, that U.S. for U.S. And, and Canada compared video. I had several Canadians look over the script just to make sure because I know I was like, I'm, I always get heat in the comments, you know, like. Yeah, there's two sides to every story. Canadians too. like Canadians are just like, mm, <laughs> you got that wrong. Who cares? We're going to find out today, Daryl. That's I think that's the direction we're going to go in the show. We're going to find out how different really are we compared to our neighbors to the south? Something's telling me not that much. Yeah. And the uh, Toronto versus Montreal video too. You had something that was, about that was Toronto great. versus Montreal, which again, they don't even teach us that in school, or maybe I just never got to that level of education. But did you <laughs> living in Toronto though, did you ever think that at any point in time Montreal was like an equal to Toronto or even no. ahead of? Like <laughs> yeah. no. And, and and you know what I realized just while watching that video? I have a deep disdain for quebecers and i don't even know why it's like ingrained into me <laughs> just you know living it. in toronto my whole life now you know that's what it is yeah uh, so yeah, that's a that's a well see that's a big the biggest thing that makes canada different i think is quebec like uh or quebec sorry um, quebec no yeah. <laughs> quebec I, I always see like i i find i've found over the the years that um my French pronunciations are just atrocious. And so I, I, that's another thing I get heat for, for a lot. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, the way, yeah. So like Toronto is basically just like, an, like, I don't know how many major cities there are in the United States, but we're just another one of them. You know, Toronto really <laughs> is just another U S yeah. major city. And, and the difference is you go to Quebec, it's like, okay, it kind of looks the same or M Montreal specifically, it looks the same, but then you start hearing everybody talk French and you go, okay, this Where is something the hell different. am I? Yeah. Yeah. Why am yeah. I so angry all the time now? You know, I went to French immersion public school. So just hearing uh, that accent makes me a little bit irritated and pretty angry. I did not enjoy going to French school. Well, everybody else got to speak English. Although when I practice, my French is fairly decent. I have not used French in 20 years, though. More. How old am I? 30 years. Well, I wow. got a surprise for both of you. We're going to do this entire podcast in French today. 
So, <laughs> from beginning from beginning to end. Okay, so need it's a, lot be of a very Google. short short podcast. So, have um, you ever been to Toronto? Toronto. That's how we really say it. I I I said it Toronto for you. And very really no, I have not been to Toronto or Toronto. Um, I have been to Quebec. Um, I've been to the Maritimes, uh, Alberta. Actually, almost everywhere except for Ontario. So well, why are you specifically <laughs> avoiding coming here? <laughs> wow, because it's just like the United States, right? You know, true. Uh, no, that Good makes point. sense. Actually, like, yeah. most of my New Canadian friends better. are. Yeah, like I, I have friends in the Toronto area, and then uh, like other friends that are in London, uh, so even closer to the border, I think. Uh, and the rest of them, I guess, are in British Columbia. So, which is also. Alberta and British Columbia, I feel, are much closer to the, the United States as well compared to like it, when I was in Manitoba, I uh, we stayed at a hostel when we were up there and they were all speaking French there. This was in uh, Winnipeg. And I'm like, that kind of threw me off. But it did feel culturally a little bit different there. So and so when you were in Winnipeg and you looked out the window, were you able to see a moose? <laughs> Pretty much, like I can't believe people live in Winnipeg. I mean, I they, they were we were there in July, which is fine. It's beautiful in July, but you know, there's no air conditioners, and I'm like, where's the air conditioners? Like, well, we really don't need them. You know, it's like because <laughs> it's only like a uh, maybe a week out of the year. That I, I just I don't know. Unbelievable. Brutal nobody weather. nobody goes to Winnipeg. I've never been to Winnipeg. Never plan on being to win, going to Winnipeg. It's <laughs> really it's not it's not an exciting place. No. No, it's like the you, are, you elitists in Toronto. You think you're That's better right. than the rest of the country. We That's are. Right. We are. Like, <laughs> we definitely are. According to the video, Toronto versus Montreal, we are. So, <laughs> um, so I know that you're doing a lot of good videos. I, we should maybe take a time right now just to hear a word from our sponsors. That's okay, Daryl. Sure. Who are our sponsors? We don't have any sponsors. Well, let's say Mr. Beat sponsors. Hey, Mr. Beat sponsored today. Sponsor today. <laughs> hey. Thanks, Check out Mr. his YouTube Beats. video. Check out his YouTube Mr. channels. Yeah, so I'm hold on them, a sec. I'm paying them each thousands of dollars to have me. <laughs> uh, now, where does Mr. Beat come from? Is it like, are you just stealing traffic from people that didn't spell Mr. Beast properly? You know, like that has been a, that's been a blessing and a curse, actually. Like, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, I started my channel before Mr. Beast. You know, I've been around, like you said, I'm a veteran. I've, I've been making these videos since... 2011 regularly um, most of those years nobody watched but except for my students in real life um but then yeah he comes around like a few years later and i'm just like well who is this guy and then he blows up but that you know sometimes people do accidentally type in mr beat when they're searching for him and then they're like oh well you know mr beat's not bad i think i'll check out some of his videos so i i can't complain too much even though i am a little you know like Come on, man. You could have chose a different name. You know, this is my real legal name. My legal oh. name is Matt Beat. You know? Oh, got it. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> well, a that's your, lucky coincidence. You should have do... lots of views on things that are not the same topics as Mr. Beast. I think you're doing something unique enough that people are interested. I don't know. And what has anything to your success has nothing to do with his success. I think you've no, got your own thing going. What's amazing is that like the topics are also different and you get tons of views on all of them it's an interesting style you have a, a, like a humor that's <laughs> not like force like it's not supposed to be comedy but i feel like you're being funny also i was like, being myself i guess yeah we're, like, work, yeah we're working on that we're working on that <laughs> no you, you've already made me laugh several times so 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 we're at the toronto real estate show i mean we talk about so many different things right but we try to always keep the focus on like you know, how can our listeners who are mainly in the GTA, a greater Toronto area who are, um, you know, interested in real estate stuff, but they want to know what else is going on out there since the pandemic. How have how have things been happening? I think you're in Massachusetts, Kansas, correct? Kansas, Kansas? yeah, Kansas, right. right in the middle. <laughs> Ge U.S. geography, we're just as bad as Americans are Canadian geography, but um <laughs> uh in uh kansas what, what's been going on since uh the start of the you know you know what uh in 2020 you mean like with um with real, real estate, estate? With people yeah. moving with no uh, i people follow doing this stuff? 
I follow this stuff all the time. Like I, I just do this for fun. So uh, there's a lot of overlap because I, you know, I don't know if you know uh, other channels like uh, the world according to Briggs. And then there's this guy named Nick Johnson, but what they do is like, they look at the statistics, you know, like uh, why places are desirable places to live, you know? And I think uh, a lot of times, you know, there's the cliche, uh, the grass is always greener on the other side, but sometimes it actually is. And we, a lot of times we, we grow up in a place, like, I'm not sure if you two are originally from that area, but like, um, I'm, I've spent most of my life in Kansas. And when I research these different places, I'm, you know, sure. I appreciate my home, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, it seems like other parts of the world are more advanced and it becomes like, like, yeah. Like I'm like, why (laughs) am I here? Like, you know, I, I mean, Toronto is actually an example of that. Like it's, um, I don't know if you realize it, but it's a, it's a highly desirable place to live. And, um, you, you look at some American cities, like I did a video comparing Detroit and Cleveland and it was frankly depressing. I mean, uh, and it, yeah, the pandemic has not made anything work. Well, some areas have tried to take advantage of that, but generally like, it's just, it's been a rough time. And I've, I've uh, excluded a lot of that data from the last year and a half you know because it is an anomaly you know it's like things are getting better and and then also like uh i do bring up cost of living a lot in my videos um because this is this is another huge thing like if you spent your whole life in say california which is it's a wonderful place but it's a very expensive place and so like if you could have a much higher standard of living somewhere else like um why not go for that? Especially when you see how many people are working from home these days remotely. It's just, it's, it's a no brainer. Are people moving to Kansas? Is that, is that what you're seeing? Are people moving out no, of Kansas? Absolutely what? not. Not Kansas. They're moving to places like Tennessee, um, North Carolina, um, Georgia, Texas. Like, Everybody's like, moving to Texas and Florida. Te- huh? Yeah. Texas. Seems like is, Texas yeah. It's yeah. Uh, and a lot of people say it's the, the tax breaks, but I think it's a little bit more than that. Like, um, but I think, you know, with Texas in particular, I think Elon Musk gave a lot of attention. I I have another video comparing California and Texas, and I think it did well partially because of Elon Musk saying, Hey, we're going to move our headquarters of Tesla from California to Texas and all this. And, you know, they, they seem to be at odds with each other, like diametrically opposed, but they're really not. And like in many ways I found it, you know, Texas isn't like this libertarian state, like people want to believe, like the government gets all up in your business on many things. Plus, think about it. Marijuana is is uh, illegal in Texas. So when Joe Rogan, I don't know if you follow Joe Rogan at all, like he he also made a big deal about he moved from California to Texas during the pandemic. And he's like, you know, he, he, he uh, regularly consumes marijuana advocate, yeah. California. It's completely legal in Texas. It's, it's completely illegal. So I wasn't sure if he was thinking that through, you know, it's supposed to be all about freedom in Texas, but no, not always. <laughs> right. I think, I think he's making do, you know, I think he's, uh, he's got that little <laughs> under the table. Uh, yeah, he's know. still consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, botany class. Now, um, so last year, so 2020, right? Like we had a lot of shutdowns. We had things happening. We basically thought the world was going to end the first couple months. And then right afterwards, the Toronto real estate market exploded and people have had an insatiable demand for housing since then. Is that what you're seeing as well in Kansas? Um, yeah, even Kansas, we've been affected by that. Um, you know, if you, within States, if you go to certain, um, cities you'll find still some great deals because nobody wants to live there like i live in a city called lawrence which is just west of kansas city um and if you go a little bit further west you'll go to a city that's the capital of kansas called topeka which is where i was born and i still have family there it's not a very desirable place to live though um you can get actually prices have not gone up there much and so they are paying people to, to move there in Topeka, which is kind of cool, actually. Interesting. Yeah, if you work remotely. Um, yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's great parts of that city, but it does have a bad rap still, like, especially because like 20 years ago, it, it, the violent crime rate was pretty high there. But uh, 
I guess like, you know, the moral of maybe that's what, what the direction we're going with this episode is like, Hey, don't worry about the inflated real estate market because, you know, there's still great deals if you're willing to kind of like live where most people don't want to live. Move to Topeka. We, it's, not, we, it's, oh. it's not really that dangerous. It really we, isn't. We honestly, Matt, there is not a single place in Canada that you can go right now that has not been inflated to inflated to the to the stars. It is really insane. Every single little town, every single little like minor town that's 15 hours north that there's no, you got to take three planes just to get there. Everything has gone up. It's so crazy. The Canadian real estate market is at a point where it just seems so overvalued. And I have a lot of investor people that I deal with and everybody has been saying the same thing over the last six months, maybe 12 months, the, the more experienced guys, 12, but the, the more, the less experienced guys, six months is you can't get the same deals in Canada like, that you can in the States. And if people are, they're, set, they're setting up LLCs and, and getting things organized for themselves to be able to work down in the States. And it's like, they're finding cash flowing deals. They're finding properties that are undervalued. They're finding ways to implement the strategy that used to work for them here in the States. And they're making money. Whereas in Canada, it's just every, basically what happened is everybody from Toronto couldn't get the values that they wanted. And because our values are so much higher, they took their money from Ontario and brought it elsewhere. And jacked yeah. up the prices for the locals and all these other small towns well, across a lot of foreign, Canada. Foreign investment in British Columbia, I know. Did you that see too. that video that just came out? That's a great segue into this. This is one of the things I, I was hoping we'd talk about. So, so there was a video that just came out and Better Dwellings was talking about, which is a, a like I guess a newspaper or a online newspaper here in Toronto. They put out articles every couple of days, every day, twice a day. I don't know. Anyway, so they put out a video that's talking about all of the corruption in Vancouver and all of the illegal like money coming into the country. Um, and like it dates back a long way. It was mm. it's pretty amazing. So they had something that they called the the Vancouver method or what i don't i forget the name the way that it was but it had vancouver in it and it was a way of basically bringing money in from overseas illegally through like drug rings and mm. uh underground banks and uh, like casinos mm -hmm. so, so somebody in china for example because they have a limit on bringing fifty thousand dollars a year into the country will put money into an underground bank in china it will end up being in a bag of cash in vancouver that gets put into the casino laundered comes back out as cash and goes into real estate hmm. yeah and, and so what they're saying is that that's spread across canada and that's one of the real major factors that, that's really pushing this market here because it's crazy. I mean, I don't know if either of you noticed on the screen uh, before what I had up, but if you, if, if you take a look right now at, I mean, this is Topeka. I don't know if you notice the difference between Topeka and Toronto. Yeah, it's what a big difference. Density. <laughs> right. But I mean, I got to think Topeka has been around quite a while. I mean, it's, I don't think there's yeah. water. Is there water there? I mean, they got a lake. It's the 1850s is when it was founded. It's like in the middle of the country, though. So, like, it's not a, a, a good place. Like, there's no port, right? You don't have a port anywhere near Kansas, do you? I mean, yeah, the, it, the river is not that, that notable. The Kansas River isn't really uh, known for shipping. <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, I don't know if Kansas is going to be one of those places people migrate to unless they really want, like, nice peace and quiet, cheap real estate for sure. But, but like, my point was, though, that, you know, so many people are transporting stuff online. And I'm wondering if maybe the reason why the, the bubble is a little bit bigger in Canada is because maybe like how's your broadband network up there? Sure, it's getting better, but it's it's heavily focused in the the major cities. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I we're on the Starlink uh, beta. They're, they're, like yeah, Starlink's our savior. Of of yeah. Oh, that's that are, cool. I mean, yeah. it's embarrassing. There's parts of of rural uh, um, United States that it is still fairly slow internet, and it's not ideal for like Zoom calls, like we're doing right now. You know, so like. Yeah. But once you figure that out, this is like what 
so many people can do their work at home. I, I just don't like, uh, why, so, so why you think would you it's live undervalued? in Los Angeles? You, you think Kansas is undervalued, that it's an opportunity for somebody who could work from home well, to go in there and take advantage. Yeah, parts of it are, parts of it. Anywhere near Kansas City, no. What, <laughs> what like about the brother, diversity though? Oh yeah. That's, it's not right? very di- diverse. That's another thing. And, and the amenities is big too. Like, yep. you know, like my, there are interstate highway stretches in Kansas that have potholes. We're supposed to be the richest country in the world. And, you know, well, this infrastructure uh, bill just passed like a couple days ago, actually. And, and that's the reason why, like we, our infrastructure is starting to fall behind and, Actually, certain states like in the Northeast, you don't see this problem. Like you go up to Connecticut or Massachusetts, it's their infrastructure is much more advanced. And um, that's another thing a lot of Americans don't realize. It's like, you know, how far are your tax dollars going? And people complain about like, oh, New York, they tax so much. But then at the same time, their teachers are are well paid. Um, Their roads are well paved. They'd the broadband networks there are much superior to like say a place like Arkansas, you know? So like, I get it why you still want to choose certain States to live for the, not only that you mentioned the diversity, the, (laughs) the culture, but also the amenities, you know? Yeah. You just have to look at who's moving around, right? Like where, you know, where do they feel comfortable? Where do they want to go? Right. So diversity is like huge in Toronto, which is why we attract so many people. Right. Yeah. Again, we, let's go back to your Toronto versus Montreal um, video. Think about all the English speaking speaking people who went to Montreal first, and were mm-hmm. like, mm, "You know what? I heard Toronto's pretty nice, and they all speak English over there." And they went, you know, because people are trying to find similarities and stuff. So if yeah. you go to a place like Kansas or Winnipeg or whatever, and you're not fitting in because you don't maybe have people who speak your language or look like you or eat like you or dress like you. You kind of feel like you're, uh, you know, you're not at home, which is tough, right? And that's population growth. I think 101 is people feeling like they belong. Well, plus melting pot, like you're seeing immigrants from other places. And like, well, they they came. I, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's what it is. That's 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 what Toronto is, you know. And I know the the states is like that. I know that that's what, you know, like I said, we have a very sim- similar type of uh, demographics in certain cities and certain places and all that kind of stuff. But you also have that middle America that's going to be harder to push people towards. We have, I guess, middle Canada too. Like, like even the whole prairies are like that, you know? It's I, like- I, I, I've never been out that way in Canada, but I, I've talked on the show a few times about just how surprised I was driving, you know, from Toronto to Florida on the highway and just all these cities that I've heard about my entire life like these major cities like Atlanta along the way, like when you drive through the downtown, there's like six buildings and they're not very tall. And most of what you see from the I-95 is like, uh, like camper towns and like run down bungalow villages. And like, there doesn't seem to be that prosperity that you envision when, you know, you're, thinking or taught about the United States. Meanwhile, you know, you, the the country's like spread out all over the world with interests all over the place, but at home, it's like, like, I I felt like I drove by a lot of shanty towns to get to Florida. That's interesting. I, you know, I, I do think that a lot of those parts of this country feel neglected, which explains why politically we've become more populist in recent years uh, on the right and the left. Um, and I do think that that's, you know, there's still some very, I would say, futuristic parts of our country. Like if you go to Northern Virginia or Boston or, um, San Francisco, San Jose, those, that looks like the future. Like it looks like any, any European city or Toronto, but, but yeah, you're like you said, like if you go to Jacksonville or if you go to, um, well, I mean, you mentioned Atlanta, Atlanta's on the up and up, they're getting better. Um. But it was 20 something years ago. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. I was gonna say if you go to Atlanta and like say Charlotte today, these southern cities actually are there's they uh there's some promising things there, like especially with their downtown areas. But I mean, um, yeah, there's a lot of like Wichita's where I'm from originally. It's Wichita, Kansas, it's the largest city in Kansas, and that would meet the description that you just said. <laughs> like not well, many- and, that's, 
And that's what's interesting is like we've heard of Kansas City and we've heard of Wichita and we've heard of Arkansas. And I guess we attach an idea to them. I mean, I guess we probably just see them in Toronto movies people as do. farms, right? Tor- Toronto people. Toronto people, yeah. sure. Well, yeah. it's the same thing. I mean, imagine uh, you tell somebody from the United States that you're from Toronto and they ask you if you know Matt, right? Like they think it's yeah. this small little place <laughs> where, you know, everybody's friendly and knows each other. Six million people. Just, or it's just like to, or it's like 90 degrees out and they're like oh is this you know you, can you guys handle weird? the heat here yeah do you guys like are you kidding me like july and august the temperatures are like painful in toronto yeah you know so here and it, let, it gets cold but let's still... try and get back to some toronto real estate or at least tie it in like do you have anything comparable to this in <laughs> kansas yeah we should talk about the prices in toronto just like, to give you some this. context 387 square feet, which I don't even know why we talk in square feet, but I guess it makes it easier for this discussion. $768,000. Like, and look like, at this crap hole. That's like a that's lot. What you get? Yeah. No, this is studio apartment. Studio. Uh, no you bedroom, buy. one room. Oh my gosh. $768,000 is what it costs. And where's, oh the, where's gosh, the location? At- 197 right, Young. So oh, you're in a, well, look you're at a that premium view. location. Yeah, you're in a I like premium the view. location. <laughs> You like the uh, view. You can fit I mean, four yeah. eggs in here. And and when you are, you know, furnished and your sofa is <laughs> here, you have to move your sofa to open the oven. Yeah. Wow. We just did a stat show, Matt, uh, yesterday, actually, just for the month of October. The average detached home price is just under 1.8 million in Toronto. And the average price, including all condos, studios, everything is 1,155,000 Canadian dollars. Look at this. That's Look at the, this. That's the average prices. Wow. Toronto Mansion is on sale for 16 million, but it's going to be a total teardown. This is just land. <laughs> it's a good spot. That's a good driveway <laughs> right there. Hey, this is yeah. on this is on Tor- Toronto's most prestigious street. This is where Drake lives. Now, Matt, we oh. are not rich. Matt, we are not rich. Everybody oh. just borrows. They just borrow the money that they need to be able to live the dream of owning a piece of Toronto real estate. Million dollar mortgages are like common. This is like in the last couple of years, if you had to buy a house, you need to get a million dollar mortgage. That's yeah, what it is here. That, right. That's it's everywhere. Honestly, I, I do see places in the United States like this. Like, um, I mean, obviously the Bay area, San Francisco has been like this for, for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, along the entire way, even a, a city like Portland, Oregon, you see this type of stuff. Um, but I, I, I guess my question to you, you two are like, do you see this having much of an impact on? Because Toronto is still a very desirable city to move to for Canadians and the, like immigrants. Do you do you think that this will change that, or do you think the immigrants maybe will head to to Alberta or something? I don't know. Somewhat. Some Um, somebody out there is making a decision based on can I afford to live there? Right. Mm -hmm. Like everyone would love to live in San Francisco, but people are like, it's too expensive. So I'm not going to go. So think about how many people would say I want to live in Toronto, but they're going to say, you know what? Ottawa, Montreal, Quebec City, Calgary. These are all lesser cities. This is all. Yeah, this is all smaller cost of living. But this is the deep. This is like. When you can't get choice A, I will settle for one yes. of these until mm-hmm. I can get back to A. Because for some reason, our government... Okay, so to answer your question, it's going to get worse here. Like prices are going to get higher and probably pretty quickly. Our government is on a... Uh, they, their goal is to bring in 400,000 new people into the country each year for the next two years. One percent of our population, so it would be the same as the states bringing in four million people every year. So, but just to give you context, wow. about let's say somewhere in the twenty to thirty percent range end up in Toronto, okay? And currently, Toronto has one hundred and twenty-four cranes in the sky, building, you know, high-rise, mid-rise projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, we use cranes now to build townhouse projects because they're just so big, the townhouse projects. Um, so we have 400,000 potential new people, of which 20% are going to come to Toronto. We have a huge housing supply crisis, we call it here. We cannot get enough on the market at all, ever. We, we have tightening restrictions from the government. 
We have increased fees from the government, uh, like new policies in the last month that just like everything here is trying to slow it down by making it harder to develop. But what it does is it's constricting and restricting the new supply, which is just driving mm -hmm. prices up like crazy. And then you have, I think, a bunch of people going like, holy shit, the thing just went up so much. I don't know where the hell I'm going to be able to afford to move to unless I go to Alberta, right? Because I'm going to have mm -hmm. to go buy like a 387 square foot condo for the price I just sold my house for. Well, the cost of living, I did mention in my Montreal and Toronto video and, you know, um, Montreal is quite a bit cheaper to um than toronto so i wonder if that's one of the because it's not that far away and yeah if you can get over the the language differences um i think it is fairly comparable like there's it's an economic hub it's it's like i wonder if that's one of the places i'll go to instead and maybe it will become more i don't know what the restrictions are there compared to toronto like as far as economic development but no i think you just have to be able to tolerate the, yeah, the I, I think it's it's comparable. It's it's not something it's not something that anybody your your lifestyle and and everything else is not going to be severely impacted if you move to Montreal. Like it is pretty, it's a nice place to be, right? Great culture, great food, education. It really just is the language that some people are you know scared of. They're just it's not like it's impossible. But the CEO of Air Canada, okay, our largest airline that's got um, government um, backing, right? It uh, just had a big press conference this week and everybody's mad at the CEO because he doesn't speak French and he's lived in Montreal for the last 14 years, right? So it's on the news, it's on the radio, everyone's, the <sighs> Quebecers are like, how come you, you know, you don't speak the French? And, you know, he's just like, look, I've lived in Montreal. I, I'm a busy guy. I haven't, you know, needed to speak French. And so if you saw my schedule, you would understand. I don't have time to learn French. We're running the company. That's my job. And of course, you know. They're I'm, asking I'm him to... all of this in English, by the way. Do the this all the English newspapers. <laughs> I say, like most people there do speak English, even if it's a second language. So, like, I don't yeah. understand the controversy. <laughs> but it's just a way that this uh, the it's French a culture deeply is, right? ingrained, like disdain. he knows the history. Yeah, yeah. he knows the history. Right? I understand. Like, like upper the, Canada, lower Canada was a big deal back then, right? Yeah, and they're they're afraid, as most people are, of losing their culture. Like, I can see a rise of nativism in both the United States and Canada right now because you were mentioning how many immigrants are coming. My opinion is we should have more immigrants because, frankly, people are not having enough babies down here. And so, like, our economy will struggle if we don't bring in the immigrants. You look at the past 50 years, immigrants or at least second generation, their, their sons and daughters have led the economic growth. And like, so there's a good case, like, a big reason why Canada's future economic growth is promising is because they've been they're like saying, yeah, yeah, come on, bring them in, bring them in. We, and, you know, Canada kind of maybe needs to do that because their climate isn't necessarily like the most desirable. <laughs> like, yeah. So I get it. Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg. Winnipeg's yeah. climate. Even here in <laughs> Toronto, it's horrible. I don't even understand why we live in this crazy horrible weather i'm already ready what do you leave. mean we got we have like, all the seasons we get the nice summers we got yes, fall weather right now beautiful. is so beautiful it looks winter beautiful time on it's YouTube really mild too. it looks beautiful in images as well yeah <laughs> i can't stand this weather yeah it's horrible so we're pro-immigration too immigration solves a lot of problems that's something we figured that it out we... here in canada like immigration yeah. what we said it a, a few weeks ago that canada our major, major industry is warehousing human beings. We build warehouses to store them in. And it <laughs> drives the economy like crazy. Yeah. Right? We give them health Everything healthcare. else falls in line. Everything we else falls in line. Let them live longer. We, you know, we're nice we to people lots of space. I think we, we actually have it figured out. Every, everybody thinks we're going off like this debt cliff and we're going into oblivion. But like... We could literally stop selling stuff to everybody and be the most self-sufficient country on the planet. Like we literally mm. have everything here. We don't have to, you know, send all of our oil to you guys, have you refine it and sell it back to us at twice the price. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of yeah. dumb, right? Like somebody one day in Canada is going to wake up and say, hey, why are we sending Elon all of our nickel and cobalt? Like, why don't we make cars here? The patents are all open 
right? Like we well, can literally I mean, start Tesla here, mine our own shit and turn off the oil and we'd be like a superpower. <laughs> we'd fuck everybody up. You, you would, you're right. Canada could be the most self-sufficient, mostly, yeah, the, the natural resources alone. But I also think that, you know, we, I, my, my students used to ask me this all the time. Like, why do we export oil and import oil? Does it make any sense? But like, it's very complex. It's basically like, you can't think of it as like, like the entire country doing that. It's individuals that are doing that. And so collectively, when it all adds up, they're all saving money. And that's ultimately what it is. Like, it's the reason why I, when I bought, like I bought a shirt yesterday and it was $20 versus being a hundred. And it was because it was made in Vietnam <laughs> and like, like, so I, you know, well, you're I'm paying a free, I'm 20 a free bucks. Trade guy. <laughs> but we're, we're paying 20 bucks for these crappy t-shirts, but like kids are dying. We don't yeah, add that to the cost, right? Like we that's got a good point. Yeah. That's another debate for sure. Yeah. Like the, the labor, the whole thing is just horrible, crazy. The whole thing is yeah. nuts. And now the only with time that's going to happen, Daryl, the only time that Canada is ever going to have to get out of trade is if something happens where we're no longer trading uh, as close to the U.S. dollar as we have, and we have hyperinflation, and Canada's dollar runs wild, and so now we can't buy anything with it, and we have to sort of shut things down and grow internally, which I don't think is ever going to happen. That's gonna Andrew. that's gonna be something we we always the Fed raises their interest rates. Okay, let's raise our interest rates. You know, the the U.S. In, imposes some sort of border restriction. Oh, let's 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 do these border restrictions. You know, everything that the U.S. does, we're we are U.S. junior. I mean, that's yeah. just. It's the reality of it. And we're led by that. So we're always going to be tied to. So when the U.S. fails, we go down with them. When they're successful, we're just underneath them. But we're riding that coattail to be able to, you know, experience the the, the joys I, that they are. We, Unless we, that changes, Daryl, nothing will ever go that far apart between us and them. But, okay, hold on a sec. So here, here. In and Canada, I thought I thought what say, Matt was going to say was his students were asking, how come Canada is not a part of the United States? Yeah, why didn't we invade <laughs> I thought, those I thought idiots that's what already. you were going to say. So like, too. That's why an American not, student question right there. Uh, why have we not invaded them? At least <laughs> right? like. Why is that not a state? Why is it's that because not of Canada's? Quebec. I heard it's they're this big. Quebec. It's definitely because of Quebec. They don't if we want didn't us. have Quebec, they would, they would accept us with open arms. But hold on a sec. Like, okay. let's take recent events, okay, with, with labor shortages, people that aren't going back to work because of whatever reason. It, it, if you take a small amount of, it's not even a small amount, but let's say if you take 5 10% of the people willing to work in an industry away, it destroys the industry. Look at what's going on right now. Yeah. How is McDonald's going to compete with... $25 an hour just to retain people for two weeks because they're just disappearing or they're buying Shiba Inu and they're a billionaire next week, right? Like how, 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 so other than robotics and automation, how in the world is like the economy going to get back to any semblance of, of what it was before? Now, hold on, using that same logic, if we turned off the spigots here in Canada and we stopped, like we're one of the biggest trading partners of the U United States. If we say, you, you know what? We don't need you anymore. We can be self-sufficient or we found a better partner. We cut it off. We could destroy their economy. Destroyed. If we stop the oil, the United States is done. If we stop it's half the- It's a double-edged sword though. Of yeah. course yeah. it is. But look, yeah. you have India, okay? 1.5 billion people coming online. You have China, 1.6 people coming online. Even though they're all fucked up right now, they're going to figure it out again. Russia, like you have these, Brazil, you have these huge population, Nigeria, like these huge populations of people coming online that need all this stuff that we have. We are no longer necessarily- we don't necessarily need to be tied to the United States anymore. Mm -hmm. you're, right? a, you're a separatist, Daryl. You're a separatist. Not a separatist. <laughs> I'm a realist. Something is changing. The world is changing so much and so fast right now that like, it doesn't even matter where you are. You can, you can make more money than ever before. I'll bet you some of your students are making more than all three of us put together because they have a great YouTube channel or they figured out Shopify five years ago or who, or bought Bitcoin by accident in some video game. Right. Like, like it's changing the, 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 world the landscape so of, of, of income and, and employment and everything like that is definitely changing. So back and to now the what's, what's even more who's McDonald's going to hire. 
No, but the, the employee has become more important than the employer. Like that's that, good. That, that, that's crazy good. That's such a yeah. crazy change. Like imagine yeah. the ripple effect of just that one little thing. I know it's fantastic. I, what we're seeing now is like, uh, even in my hometown, you're seeing like fast food workers getting paid a living wage for the first time. Like meaning not a minimum wage because minimum wage is still here is like embarrassingly low, <laughs> but uh, like a, a wage where they can actually, you know, meet their basic necessities and actually work full time at a fast food restaurant. Like this was unheard of until really this year. So we just, we just had our raise to $15 an hour and it comes up in January, really? which is the Indian. equivalent of what, like $13 us 12, something, something yeah, 11 like that. or whatever. Yeah. Um, what's the minimum wage li- there? Li- living wage though in Toronto is 20 something dollars an hour. Right. So that's the province yeah. of Ontario. That's 15. I would say that that would be a living age, a living wage in less than 10% of the cities in Ontario. Isn't it crazy so, that there's a distinction between minimum wage and living wage? And is. that's the minimum yeah. wage. Don't try to live off that wage there, sir. Don't try to, don't think you're going to work here and live. All right. We just want you to be at the minimum. Okay. You need other sources of income to live. Don't, don't live too wage much. Doesn't yeah. even meet the living. Wage. I'm, I'm one of a, I'm kind of radical. Cause I think that instead of having a minimum wage, you should just have universal basic income, which mm. Canada yep. has. Uh, we kind of have it that. here. You guys kind of have piloted, it there too. We right piloted now. it. We piloted yeah. it. Yeah. Well, certain parts, like uh, so, certain cities are doing it. Um, in the Maritimes, they had some, some like really moderate success. It wasn't anything that anybody was really too happy with, but um, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And with this, so quickly, the stimulus that you guys had, which was uh, PPP, right? The PPP loans. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Well, that was, was small business or small business, business. all businesses. We have quote small businesses, but large businesses got, got a, lot, a lot of that money. Okay. And then you guys also it. had some sort of stimulus check. Like there was like one or two stimulus checks that were all very like. Well, yeah, there was. In fact, we're, we are still getting stimulus checks for, I have two kids. And so we, it's amazing. Like. We have essentially it is a form of universal basic income. Yeah, so we, we had something kids. similar. Yeah, so we had something similar. It was called CERB. And for the past 18 plus months, many people were getting about $2,000 a month. They've winded it down now and really it's mm-hmm. done. So now it's it's really going to be unemployment income if you qualify and that's it, right? So uh, that was a huge amount of money. And it was almost like a test, the first universal basic income test to see yeah. how people, would they still go to work? Would employers be able to fill jobs? And our job vacancy rose and, and people are, are scared it's for the crappy they can't jobs. fill. It's the crappy, I'm telling it's you. It's the Amazon. Like, people people want to work. Like this is a myth to think that people like if they were gifts given money, they would just sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day. No, that's not what makes us happy. We we are happy because we, we want to have a purpose in a community. Like that's what drives all of us. I mean, unless we have some kind of severe mental illness that, makes us so we don't want to do anything i mean depression is real like mm-hmm. it's but i it, other than that we want to work and so this is a myth and so i think for it's ridiculous just to tie whether or not we get to buy basic necessities to our um employer is a, is ridiculous to me and i think it's better like a now the fear of universal basic income of course is inflation and you could argue that part of the reason why we've seen real estate and everything go up um, in addition to worker shortage is people have extra cash. Now they have money just sitting around like, Oh, I want, I want to spend it, you know? Mm. So the data, so the data right now is, is inconclusive, right? Because everything mm-hmm. is anecdotal. We're seeing everyone's hiring all the restaurants. I'm seeing advertisers, radio ads. We're hiring. That's never happened before. Right. Cause they're, they're, they're short. You're right. They are the lowest income, the lowest paid, the, the, the less desirable jobs for sure. But that data is going to have to take its time before it comes out, before they can yeah. actually concretely say, we know that we just need to fill these roles in other ways, immigration, automation, robotics, that kind of stuff. Or we need to find a way to raise minimum wage to living wage so that people want to go to these jobs so that it's worth it for them. Okay. But basically because of the serve that we had, the, the, um, the payments that everybody was getting, it's, it's not helping the UBI come into, uh, come into effect. It's not helping. Not yeah, yet. It's not a, 
it's one of those things too, where like people know it's temporary. And so it, it will alter their behavior in the, in the short term, but long term, they know they have to go back to, back to and, work. And anecdotally, well, even trades, on. painters, electricians, guys who are having these laborers were also saying the same things. So anecdotally, guys don't want to work right now because they're staying home and getting paid a little bit less than what they would normally, but it's all, you know, for they're staying, staying home and they're working games. though. They all have side hustles. They're, they're doing other jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say like, that's the, that's the myth. Like just because you don't want to go to the crappy fast food job doesn't mean you don't have, like, you're not, like you said, like you're not a painter. You're or trading. You, yeah. You, yeah. You, you build tables. Like, you know, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. And, no, and, and not reporting. I mean, imagine how much unreported income has gone on in mm -hmm. the past couple of years, right? So even the yeah. statistics won't be accurate. Like try figuring out all the people that just made millions in Dogecoin. Like, is that getting taxed? <laughs> is that getting reported anywhere? Yeah. They're trying. Well, they feel, no, they feel like they don't have to try. go to work. So, yeah. But, but why would anybody go back to work in a restaurant knowing that there's the potential that you will be out of work again? Right. Why would you go back to one of these industries that was decimated by the pandemic that's still kind of in flux at the moment right mm -hmm. and, and i mean we can't be foolish and not think that all these corporations are working in, like there's going to be a robotic mcdonald's soon like mm -hmm. there has to be right there is going to be a domino's that is fully roboticized if that's english right automated fully mm -hmm. automated like Tesla's factories making cars like this will spur a revolution in manufacturing like we have never seen and digital printing and all this stuff where it's like, I don't even know where all of this is going to go, but it's going to be crazy and people won't be able to find jobs again soon. There will be such a shortage. Of, there will be so much unemployment when cars are autonomous and trucks are autonomous and robots are doing all mm. these warehouse jobs and robots are making coffees. Like, have you seen barista robots are a big thing and flippy yeah. the robot in the, in what's it called? White castle or night castle, the big chain out there. But like soon you're going to drive through an in and out burger and you're going to speak to an AI or you're going to put it in your own order and you're going to go buy and a robot will flip it in front of you and, whip it into your window and it'll be super <laughs> cool. But like, I don't know how people are going to afford to buy the burger, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have to be in stocks or real estate or selling. Well, you don't have to, to you don't have to pay that robot uh, and you don't have to pay them, especially in benefits. I mean, they're saving millions of dollars. Um, and so that hopefully will drive costs down for the consumer. No, it'll drive costs Automation. down for the company. Will it drive costs down? Oh, I see what you're saying. Consumer, oh, right. Why not? Why not? I don't know. Deflationary pressure from, from automation for sure. 100%. Maybe, probably. Yeah, so, going to have to. The market yeah. will, will control that. It'll have to. I'm not going to go and spend the, $100 yeah. on a burger. And the pandemic, I think, has maybe sped up that automation process, especially like I noticed there's a shortage of truck drivers, especially 80,000 in the States. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, and of Crazy. course, you know, that's, they say that self-driving cars are going to be led by first by self-driving trucks. That's going to be what kind of first makes it more, I guess, socially acceptable, but also economically. And I think we're going to see some self-driving trucks on the road here very soon. They're already yeah. in California, right? Going between Tesla and SpaceX. Like you, if mm -hmm. you're on the highway there, you'll see autonomous trucks going back and forth, which is just unbelievable. But I mean, imagine like where are people going to work and how are we going to afford things if there's no more jobs? I mean, I, I know I'm pushing out far into the future, but I think it's not as far as one would seem these days, right? Or one the would definition think. of job changes. Look how much has changed in 18 months. Mm -hmm. Imagine totally how that's going to change. Matt just left his 12 year social study teaching job to be doing YouTube videos. Yeah. And not because time. he makes less doing this. It's not because he's making less money doing it's it. It's a more no appealing right? employment for I him, right? So, YouTube. <laughs> right. Kind of so, so, look, look, Amazing. Like, this is, this is not something that you or any of us would have said, you know, five years ago, maybe Matt had that dream or something, but that would have been probably a far fetched dream at the time. 
And now it's just... almost like, yeah, of course you did. You got YouTube. We have, you know, 500 views and, and a bunch on podcast channels and stuff like that a week. And people are looking at us like, hey, you guys will be, you know, getting out of real estate soon. Like, no, we're not making it. <laughs> Zero dollars income. You never right? know. No, but what's but... crazy, like my son, he's 15. He has a YouTube channel. He gets, you know, he's got a few subs, nothing crazy, gets people watching him. But if he does this for the next five years, he will be able to make a living wage from it. Guaranteed, because there's an audience for everybody. There's an audience for everything. If you're consistent, you will grow. If you make good content, you will grow. And mm -hmm. you'll have like this whole generation of people just putting out content uh, and, and making money for it. And then you have stuff like uh, blockchains that are going to give people the ability to actually be in control of their content, right? We're going to have this whole revolution coming up now where if you make content, you're the one who's going to make money off of it, not YouTube. And you're not going to have to, you know, whore yourself out to a billion ads that bother wow. your, 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 your customers, right? That they don't yeah. even want to watch. You know, that I'm sure a lot of YouTubers are like, oh, I hate putting these on. But I mean, this is how I make I a living it. now, right? That's me. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what you'll be able to do soon is take your following and put them into your own kind of like blockchain, right? And they'll be paying you to watch your content and they'll have some kind of interest in your growth. And, and that's just how it'll be a community run by you, I guess. And look, you already have 400,000 people that are part of your community, right? Like that's bigger than most cities. Yeah, it's, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> no, but it really is. It's bigger than most cities, right? That are, that are waiting, you know, every few days to hear what you have to say. It's pretty crazy. Well, and I think what you said, like, I, I just assume that, you know, if I keep doing this for a while, that I'm going to have to depend on corporations like, I sell my book through Amazon and I, it, YouTube, of course, is Google. And But you're right. Like maybe if I can get to a point where we just get rid of that middle man, uh, which is the corporation, I, I, it is possible, I guess. Yeah. And that whole crypto space is got trillions of dollars in it right now dedicated to making sure that this happens. Wow. To get away from centralization. That's the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real estate too. Real estate's going to get nutty in the next decade as it gets decentralized and you no longer need a bank involved and you no longer need a lawyer involved because there's a contract that's already done that like if it doesn't meet all of this criteria, it doesn't get sold, right? And our, everybody... Go ahead, go. finish. No, finish no, no, go, go. I well, our know. biggest board, Toronto Real Estate Board. So this is the biggest real estate board in the world. Like we've got 65,000 members and obviously the, the size of Toronto and everything like that, the volume of transactions we do. It's a really big market. It's a really big uh, mm -hmm. real estate board. So a lot of money. They are rolling out their new platform, which is using the blockchain and all really? of our listings will be NFTs and everything that comes out next month. And by the end of 2022, they want us to all switch over. So everything is wow. going to be, you know, unique and everything is going to be on the blockchain so that um, the data, because the data is so sensitive, they want to be able to control it, obviously. And they want to yeah. make sure that it can't be duplicated um, and, uh, and, and reused, right? So a lot of anti-competitive things that real estate people are into, but that's what it is, right? They want to make sure that they've got that unique ability to, um, to put it out there into obviously on the blockchain into, into uh, the public for advertising. So that's surprising. It's, it's yeah. cool though. On one hand, it's cool. a step ahead. That's, that's the be... le leader in the world on, on that topic. But this uh -huh. is the, this is the, this is the, this is the mind fuck with this whole thing is that when the Toronto real estate board does that, it becomes centralized, right? So now you've got this centralized business that's what, that that's is what the, running that's what all want. the information. That's what they want. That's what they mm. want. And it will come across as super cool and they will create some functionality that will be used by the real system in the future. That's decentralized. Exactly. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I'm saying the bottom line it, is but the it's technology. scary now. It's scary it now. Can't but it's cool. centralized. There's no way that it, it can stay centralized. Something they like try that. to there. There's a lot of anti-competitive stuff with uh, the, the real, all real estate boards, right? Their, their data is what yeah, their try, value yeah. is, right? So yeah, no, they try to always like, protect it. It's like the US dollar to them. Right. It's like they're the ones in control of the real estate market in Toronto. They want to control yeah. that data. The minute they lose control of the data, they are redundant. Obsolete. Yeah. Gone. So, Daryl, 
What Thank did you. we talk about? You today? were awesome, Matt. <laughs> what a show today. All right. Um, really, really well, appreciate it. I, think, I, didn't, I, I didn't think the conversation would go this way. That was a good conversation. I had no, I, idea, I had no what idea what we were going to talk so about. I told you, plan, planning a conversation makes no sense because it never goes that way anyways. But, um, you know, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, anybody can find you on YouTube. Super simple. Mr. Beat, subscribe. If you've got any, you know, bit of information or anything like that, that you're looking to get on uh, U.S. politics on world, um, you know, comparison cities, geography, uh, yeah. geography uh, you know, honestly, it is the most like comprehensive channel that I've ever subscribed to. They've just got so much information on there and he does very thorough professional videos, unlike the ones that we do. And uh, check him out, Mr. Beat. He's on YouTube. Mr. Well, thank you for having me on. Thanks. Thank thanks, you, Matt. Sir. What a great conversation. New on Curiosity Stream, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.